Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Friday. Week 3 has officially kicked off last night with an alright game. Was it great? No. I mean, the Texans couldn't even move the ball the entire game. How truly unfortunate. And uh, it is truly unfortunate for that Texans team because, you know, Tyrod Taylor looking good. They were putting up the points. We were believing in them. And then Davis Mills' time comes and... Uh, wasn't looking that wasn't looking that great. So Panthers, real real easy schedule these first three weeks, and now everyone's kind of falling in love with Sam Darnold, and everyone's like, you know, I told you he could play quarterback. He was just with the Jets. He's actually good. We've been saying that, but yeah, all right. I think we gotta relax a little bit on Sam Darnold. It's great that he's three. You know, it's great that great that he's has like the most yards in a three game stretch in his entire career in his fourth year, first year without the Jets. That's all good and well. And I give credit for Sam Darnold sticking with it, trying to get better. But I think we're a little bit kind of um, overreacting of how good Sam Darnold is. I mean, he left the door open three straight weeks, and we're going to break down that Thursday night game. So I'm not on the Sam Darnold bandwagon train just quite yet. And we'll break him down in the film today. Breaking down that Thursday night football game. So we'll be doing that today on the show. And then we've got to unveil our picks. We had a great week one. Not the best week two. And now this week is the tiebreaker week. One good week, one bad week. Are we are we legit, folks? Are we the real deal? Well, we're going to go come at you with six solid picks that all will be hitting today. Do I dare say all locks? Oh, yeah, baby. We're going six straight locks to make up for last week. We're ready to get it. So that's what we've got today on the show. Picks Thursday Night Football Breakdown. But there are some stories that I do want to highlight quickly uh, before we get into all of that. So let's just jump right into it. Here we go. The first one. Ooh, Super Wild Card Weekend getting a little bit better the entire weekend. Because now the NFL is having a Monday Night Wild Card game. So we got Saturday night, Sunday night. And Monday night, all wild card games coming up this season it is going to start this season. So let's read the NFL memo of what the playoffs. We got the expanded season, an extra game, and now we're going long in the week. It seems like the NFL wants to kind of own every single day of the week, and we're not, we're not against that. <laughs> Football every day, seven days a week. I, I think I'm about it. So let's see what the NFL is going to be doing this season. So here we go. The NFL has announced that beginning with the 2021 season Super Wild Card Weekend, January 15th through the 17th, will include a game on Monday night. The NFL expanded the playoffs last season for the first time since 1990, adding their third, adding a third wild card team in each conference, and in the process, creating Super Wild Card Weekend. In the process, like that was some accidental mistake. You know, the Super Wild Card Weekend was all their marketing department. Okay, that's what they did. They're like, how do we make the playoffs even bigger? Oh, we have to add extra teams? All right, and then we have an extra big day of football because we got more games? Oh, okay, what a happy coincidence. No, of course. That's why they, they added the extra game for more money. Uh, that's funny how they were <laughs> adding a third wild card game. 
um, and in the process creating Super Wildcard Weekend. Three wildcard games on Saturday and three games on Sunday. With the addition of a Monday night game to the 2021 playoff, Super Wildcard Weekend will now have two wildcard games on Saturday, a 4.35 and an 8.15 game, so mid-afternoon and then late game. We like that. We don't really need an early game on Saturday. We got to sleep in on Saturday because we're up early on Sunday. Come on. See, the NFL is doing this right. Uh, three on Sunday, the 1, 4.40 and 8.15, so we got our classic Sunday NFL day. Love it already. And then one game on Monday night, 8.15. For the 2021 season, CBS and NBC will both broadcast two Super Wildcard weekend games, while Fox and ESPN ABC will each have one. The broadcaster for the Monday night game of Super Wildcard weekend is yet to be determined. The 2020 playoff expansion ensured. All right, we don't care about last season. So, yeah, I mean, Super Wildcard weekend, two games Saturday, three games Sunday, and then that Monday night game, baby. So, the NFL, man, the NFL, they are just, they don't even care about anything anymore. They're like, more games, more days, more money, more eyes. How do we get it? So I'm not against it, folks. I'm all about more football. So Super Wildcard Weekend is getting even more super. I'm about it, folks. Alrighty, let's uh, go to this story here, and we're loving what we're hearing and seeing from Micah Parsons, the rookie linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, real solid there in the preseason games. Always, you know, he he was around and kind of forced two fumbles in the preseason, and then he started the season at linebacker, obviously, and they were kind of solid. And then game number two, he had a switch to the defensive end, and he made it work, and now, you know, he wants all the smoke. So let's read what Micah Parsons is all about so here we go Cowboys rookie Micah Parsons wants to be like quote the terminator to opposing quarterbacks says quote every quarterback we face this season is on the hit list oh oh Micah Parsons and you know this man is great coming into this year coming into the league with the great attitude you know a linebacker he is a linebacker but they have to kind of move him around because of all the injuries that this Cowboys defense is kind of facing already two weeks into the season. And Michael Parsons is like, fine, use me as the edge rusher because I'm about to become the Terminator. I'm hitting every quarterback. And we just saw him have a sack against Justin Herbert last week. So watch how opposing quarterbacks, Michael Parsons is after you. So let's see what this man is saying here. And uh, uh, who he's, if we get any kind of... Um, Quotes on who he's truly looking forward to smack and lay down on. But here we go. Michael Parsons now has Jalen Hurts in his sight, and the list goes on from there. The Dallas Cowboys dynamic rookie linebacker was switched to defensive end to cover for the club's shorthanded defensive line in week two and responded with a sack of Los Angeles Charge Los Angeles Chargers star Justin Herbert. We've already said this, NFL.com, come on. Um, for a loss of 18. Ooh, loss of 18 yards, geez. Um, he's apparently got a taste for <laughs> he got a taste for the blood. There's blood in the water, and Michael Parsons is smelling it. Woof. Uh, he's apparently got a taste for quarterbacks now because Parsons said Wednesday that he's now looking to sack every passer on the Cowboys schedule, starting with Jalen Hurts this week when Dallas takes on the Philadelphia. Eagles in Dallas's first NFC East game Monday night says quote every quarterback we face this season is on the hit list I want all of them Jalen Hurst 
is on the list now too. You got to look at it like you're trying to be like the Terminator out there. Man, oh man, Michael Parsons is taking every obstacle, every challenge, every hurdle and truly embracing it. And we love that about this man. And really, we do really kind of like this Dallas Cowboys defense so far. They've been real solid. Unfortunately, you know, had to face the Bucks week one, but they were they, they went toe to toe with Tom Brady in that electric, explosive offense that they have weapons everywhere on the field and they made it a game real solid and then they go out and Force two turnovers by Justin Herbert in the red zone and sack him and win by three on the road man oh man so we're loving what we're hearing from this Cowboys team we're loving everybody buying into it. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, we're going to hear from him as well. You know, everybody's talking about Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard this, Tony Pollard that. Tony Pollard so much better than Zeke. Zeke's falling off. Zeke's never going to be good. He's, you know, uh, an overvalued running back in this league. It's Tony Pollard. Why are they even playing Zeke? And Zeke's like, hey, I'm not worried about that. I mean, this is a team. This is a team game. Everybody wants everybody to be great. And everybody's embracing their roles to try to do what they need to do. Do your job to win these games and be competitive so we're loving um the leadership and just the camaraderie here on this Dallas Cowboys roster, man. Jeez. We get one more quote here by Michael Parsons, so let's quickly wrap this up. Parsons was outstanding at linebacker in the preseason and in Dallas's opener with seven tackles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the pass rusher Demarcus Lawrence sustaining a broken foot compounded by Randy Gregory's trip to the reserve COVID-19 list, Parsons was pressed into action at defensive end against the Chargers. He sees no reason to be eased into to the role saying quote when you've got a wild wild bull you don't let him pace you let him run and if I'm tired I'll tell him I'm tired I'm out there I just want to play so Michael Parsons he wants to be out there doesn't matter linebacker defensive end put him at corner put him at safety just don't call, just don't not put him out on the field so Michael Parsons, man, winning us over every single day with his quotes and then living up to all the hype on the field play. So, Michael Parsons, we'll see what he does this week, but we're truly looking forward to it. All right, well, now let's talk about the running backs here for the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, you know, running back by committee here, hey, we've got no problem with that. We don't shame any running backs for running back by committee. Derrick Henry is the only running back that you need one running back on your roster. There's no backup running back. There's no running backs on your practice squad. You won't even sign a running back. It's Derrick Henry or nothing. And, you know, Derrick Henry... Got 150-something rushing yards last week. It was fantastic. Uh, you know, nobody else is like that in the league, and that's not a knock on any of these running backs. It's just how great Derrick Henry is. Will y'all give the man his respect, or y'all still not? I don't. I, I feel like everybody gives Derrick Henry his respect, but it should be more, so y'all work on that. Uh, but here we go. Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott not fretting critics of contract embraces role with Tony, Pro, uh, Tony Pollard. So, you know, everyone's like, well, uh, well you paid Zach, jeez, uh, you paid Zeke all this money, got that big deal, and, you know, you're using Tony Pollard a little bit more, and Tony Pollard had a little bit more yards than Zeke, but what everybody is overlooking is that Zeke still had good production. I mean, told, uh, yeah, let's bring up the stats real quick. Let's bring up these stats so we, ha we have the actual yards, because it was like, Tony Pollard had what, like, 20 
more rushing yards and like 15 more receiving yards. And Tony Pollard was looking good and explosive. I'm not taking any that any, anything away from Tony Pollard, but I'm like, everyone's just kind of instantly throwing Zeke into the trash can. It's like, all right, you know, your main running backs, your main weapons kind of set up the backups to have a little bit more success because, you know, the defense is really kind of focused on you, the main A1 tier one option at running back, you know, wide receiver, whatever it is. I get, you know, with the wide, with the running backs, you only usually have one out there at a time, but Tony Pollard's a little bit kind of uh, a little bit more quicker, a little bit more explosive than Ezekiel Elliott, so he is able to kind of take the top off a little bit easier. But, you know, Zeke Elliott has no problem kind of, you know, being that workhorse running back and just going up the middle, going up the middle, going up the middle, and, you know, kind of, you know, getting a little bit dirty down in the trenches. He's got no problem with that. Uh, but here are these official stats from last week. It's like, uh, yeah, we can celebrate Tony Pollard. I've got no problem with that. Well, he had a little bit more rushing yards than I thought. But <laughs> Tony Pollard, 109 rushing yards. Ezekiel Elliott, 71 rushing yards. It's still really good. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott still averaged 4.4 yards a carry, which is good. Tony Pollard, 8.4. Obviously, a little bit better. <laughs> just a little bit better. But, you know, Zeke was still getting it done. And then in the uh, receiving game, Tony Pollard, 31 yards receiving. Ezekiel Elliott, 26 yards. So I think elite, people are getting a little bit too ahead of themselves on Zeke. Uh, Tony Pollard's better than Zeke, and a lot of people are getting a little too carried away, a little too early on Sam Donald saying that he's real good. You know, I we can take it week by week. It's only three games into the season. I get it. Um, but, you know, let's, uh, I've got no problem with y'all talking about it. Let's just kind of t tone it down a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, not too much, just a little bit. All right, so let's see what um, Zeke is saying out here. To all the critics that are have a lot to, have a lot to uh, say about him uh, these last couple of weeks. So here we go. Ezekiel Elliott's contract makes him the second highest paid running back in the NFL, tied with Alvin Kamara and behind only Christian McCaffrey. However, and that's definitely not how it should be. Derrick Henry should be paid a billion dollars, and everybody else should be splitting a million. <laughs> a million dollars uh but yeah Zeke Elliott second highest paid running back behind Alvin Kamara and Chris McCaffrey however his usage through two weeks of the 2021 season suggests he's not that high on the rankings though uh through two weeks Zeke has handled just 27 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown the to the tot total ranks him tied for 16th with Clyde Edwards Hilaire of Kansas City and Broncos rookie Javante Williams yeah, Zeke really shouldn't be ranked 16th in running back kind of production. So definitely got to get it up a little bit more. Um, Elliot's ha Elliot has heard the critics that he's no longer a workhorse back. He cares nil, saying, quote, you hear it, but but what really matters is what's going on in this building. They're not the ones signing the checks. They're not the ones sending the wires. So I don't think it matters. And that is true. I mean, you know, they're going to stick to the game plan just because they're utilizing all their weapons that they have on their team. People want to view that negatively. It's like, no, they've got great weapons everywhere. We talk about their wide receivers all the time. You know, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and, um, you know, um, who's the other one? Amari Cooper, the best one that they've got. And then if you have a running back, by committee yeah definitely take both of those so I've got no problem with this Cowboys team utilizing all their weapons Zeke will get it done I mean folks like we said we're still real early on in the season so don't uh, you know make too many you know broad assessments just quite yet all right 
What else do we get here? A couple more quotes here by Zeke. So let's uh, read some lead-ups here. The biggest reason Elliott's carries total is down is his backfield mate, Tony Pollard, has exploded to open the campaign. Pollard, who Gil Brandt once compared to Lenny Moore, is a highlight reel waiting to happen every time he touches the ball. The third-year pro is averaging 7.7 yards per carry, most among running backs through two games. He's generated 123 yards on just 16 carries with a touchdown. So, this is what we're saying. Y'all are kind of mixing. Except he has one good game. He had one good game. And when you're looking at when they kind of told when we were reading this article and they were kind of going over Ezekiel Elliott's stats, Zeke Elliott didn't have a good game one. He had a good game two. That's 70 yards right there. So I mean, you're just kind of a little bit of recency bias. He had one good game. Let's go to see what Tony Pollard did in the game against the Bucks because they said he has only 123 yards through two games, and we just saw that he had 107 in game two. So, Zeke Elliott didn't have a good game one. Neither did Tony Pollard. They both got it done game two. And everyone wants to kind of say Tony Pollard's so much better. It's one game, folks. It's one game. We're two games into the season. Like, what are all these giant assessments of kind of calling people trash and saying that these backups and kind of tier two quarterbacks are so great? What, what are we doing here? So here we go. The running back stats for game one. Ezekiel Elliott, 33 yards. Tony Pollard, 14. So it's like, what are we doing? They both had one good game in week two. And everyone wants to kind of throw Ezekiel Elliott into the trash can. What are we doing? Tony Pollard did have 29 reception uh, receiving yards in game one. I'll give him that. Zeke only had, what, four? Six? But, I mean, at the same time, it's like, <clears throat> why are we getting so high on Tony Pollard after one big game? Because he had some explosive runs. I'll give him that. He had explosive runs. He didn't do that in game one, though. Or that explosiveness in game one. So, what are we talking about here? Um, so, I'm glad that Zeke's not taking all this kind of personally into heart. Because it's really kind of a little nonsense to be talking about Tony Pollard with this authority this early on. We will not be joining that club, that uh, kind of reaction on Twitter and in the national media of, oh my God, Tony Pollard, so good. Zeke Elliott is still better than Tony Pollard, and we're going to be saying that. We are staking that claim right now, two weeks into the season. I'm still taking Zeke Elliott over Tony Pollard. Y'all can have Tony Pollard. I'm taking Zeke still. All right, so here we go. Another quote here by Zeke says, quote, or let's read this last uh, last two seconds, two, uh, one sentence. Here we go. Zeke isn't jealous of the attention Pollard is garnering. Says, quote, it's a brotherhood. Every week, we've all got the same goal, the same common goal, and that's to go win football games. However, we've got to do that. That's what we're going to have to do. I'm happy to see Tony. I see the work he puts in. He's one of the hardest workers on the team, and he's very talented. He deserves to go out there and play well. Zeke's, yeah, use all the running backs. We've got no problem. We saw Zeke in hard knocks and, you know, um, the Rex Specs uh, rookie running back uh, that was trying to make the team, you know, fighting for the team. And we saw Zeke kind of coaching him up. You know, Zeke wasn't, you know, worried about him taking over his role or getting in the limelight or anything like that. He just wanted to make Rex Specs. I'm forgetting his official name and I apologize. Uh, but, you know, he's just making sure that this team overall is at its peak, that everybody is truly performing at their peak potential because. Because, like he just said, we're all here for the same common goal, and that is to win football games. And however we have to do that, we'll do that. They just won a game without Dak throwing a touchdown last week. 
You think Dak's concerned that, you know, people are going to be talking about, well, you know, maybe the Dak's not good. Maybe Dak didn't deserve that deal. Maybe the Cowboys don't need Dak. Maybe they'll bench him for Ben DiNucci. Uh, no, nobody's worried about that. So just relax. It was one game, folks. It was one game. They're winning how they have to win. They will do whatever it takes to win the game. And the running back by committee last week won the game. So why are you not going to stick with the running back by committee? All right, we get any other quotes? No, those were the only two quotes here by Zeke, and he's not taking it personally. Y'all can say what y'all need to say, but Zeke's like, okay, y'all keep, y'all not signing the checks. <laughs> y'all not signing the checks, and y'all not getting the wins. So, all right, talk your stuff. So, <clears throat> we're still good on Zeke. We're still big on Zeke. We're not fading Zeke. We're not off of Zeke. We're not on Tony Pollard now. Uh, Tony Pollard's fine, and, you know, he's always been solid here. But we're still going to rock with Zeke as the best running back for the Cowboys. Y'all can have Tony Pollard. And we'll see what y'all are kind of saying in the next two weeks. We'll see if that if your minds change. Alrighty, next story up here, and uh, I don't know, I don't know if this is what they should be saying, but okay, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson says he's, quote, super anxious to rebound from four interception outing, and this is not the week to kind of get super anxious, because you gotta go into Denver, high altitude, hard to breathe, so if you're anxious, you're gonna be sucking wind even more, and uh, if you don't got no breath in your lungs, you're not gonna be throwing touchdowns or throwing straight, I mean, you threw four interceptions last week, that kind of um, mile high air might have you throwing like eight, so don't get super anxious, Zach Wilson, why are you saying you're anxious, when was the last time we heard a quarterback say, hey, I'm super anxious to get out there and kind of, you know, uh, make up for my last outing, they don't really say that, nobody says they're super anxious, so I don't know if this is good here by Zach Wilson, but let's see what he says here and let's see if he clarifies anything or if this uh, this kind of a clickbait quote is uh, truly as bad as it kind of looks on the outside. So here we go. Zach Wilson is ready to move on from his four interception game against the New England Patriots in week two as the New York Jets prepare to head to Denver to take on the 2-0 Broncos. He says he's, quote, yeah, super anxious. It's kind of like what the coaches said, just excited to move on, uh, prepare for the next opponent, learn from all of our mistakes and how we can apply it for the next week. All right, so not really super anxious and more excited to move on. Okay, we've got, okay, okay. That's a little bit better. I don't want anybody anxious. Anxious is not like a good description of how you should be feeling. Um, that's not like a, a positive thing. Um, so, yeah, don't be anxious out there, especially when you got that good defense to go to on the road and you haven't won a game yet. So relax there so far. All right, what else do we get here? He's talking LCS. We get some more quotes. Here we go. Uh, the rookie got caught trying to make big plays at times in the 25-6 loss to the Patriots. After the contest, coach Robert Sala noted that it's sometimes okay to play more boring football and take checkdowns when they're available. The young gunslinger believes he can do just that when needed. Says, quote, I don't think it's necessarily challenging. It's just being smart with the ball and then understanding sometimes those situations in games like that, there wasn't checkdowns on some of those interceptions. It's not just, hey, check the ball down. It's, hey, be smart with the ball. How can you throw it away or get rid of it? And that is exactly it. When we saw that interception, he kind of forced it to Corey Davis. Nothing was open. The line was, uh, the defensive line was pressuring Zach Wilson. The offensive line was getting obliterated. And there was like two or three receivers going out for routes. And they were all like double covered. He tries to fit the ball, force the ball to Corey Davis. And he gets picked. So, yeah, Zach Wilson, yeah, there was no checkdowns. But you still need to kind of 
move out of the pocket, throw the ball away, learn from Aaron Rodgers. He does it all the time. He's highly regarded as the best thrower of the football. So, you know, you don't get knocked for checkdowns. Um, unless you're doing it all the time and you're not winning games, then we will kind of knock you for the t- uh, for the checkdowns. That's kind of what uh, people were saying about Teddy Bridgewater last year in Carolina, why they weren't winning games, why they weren't putting up points, because he was checking down the ball too much. So uh, we've got no problem with you dinking and dunking. We just don't want to see it all the time, especially when there's other things open down the field. So we'll see if Zach Wilson can kind of find that happy medium balance, that fine line between true kind of check down king and, you know, just taking it when you need it and when it's given to you. So we'll see if you can find that. And once again, he's only going into game three. We're not going to be judging him too harshly out here uh, since he is still a rookie still a lot to learn a lot to grow so we'll see if he can do that but uh, well that's going to be something that we will be uh, we, that we will be tracking for kind of the rest of the season now that he's kind of admitting that's what he needs to do Robert Sal is saying the same thing so this is kind of the message here in the Jets locker room hey you know got to be smarter with the football don't keep checking it down, but, uh, you know, keep pressing downfield. We've got the weapons to do that. Just be smarter with the football. So we'll see if he does that here this week. It's going to be tough. Ten-and-a-half-point uh, underdogs. Not really the position you want to be in for your third game, but we'll see if he makes the most of it. So Zach Wilson, a uh, little bit of a kind of a little bit of a clickbait quote right here. Not really super anxious. Yeah, I said those words, but more just kind of excited to get out there and uh, kind of, you know, uh, erase it, just put this in the back of his mind uh, about that four interception outing last week. So, Zach Wilson trying to get back on track next week. We'll see if he can do it. Alrighty, folks, and uh, this isn't good, and um, I know we haven't done our picks yet, but this is going to be telling y'all our picks. So, here we go. Colts may play both Brett Huntley, who they just signed, Brett Huntley, and Jacob Eason on Sunday. They have shared first team reps, so that's not good. Carson Wentz is looking more and more out, um, so we'll see. Don't expect Carson Wentz to play this week. Those ankles, I don't think, will hold up. He's got newborn calf ankles, folks. Sprained both of his ankles in the game. How do you even do that? Um, But... Yeah, I mean, Jacob Eason, we saw him. We don't believe in him at all. We have no viability in Jacob Eason. They also have to go on the road against the Titans with Derrick Henry finally emerging. It only took him two games, a little bit late, but hey, he's finally here. Uh, and Brett Huntley, I mean, the man hasn't played a game in a year. Um, he hasn't played a start in four years. So it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing with these quarterbacks? So uh, going to be totally off the Colts team. Um, we told y'all we are no longer believing them as our Super Bowl champions. We got the Rams now, but uh, the Colts are going to have a tough one. And they're only minus, they're only five and a half point underdogs. <laughs> that should be like, the spread should be like minus 14 in this game, folks. Come on. So. We didn't tell you our pick, but you know, y'all know our pick. Come on, come on. All right, and then the last thing to go over uh, quickly before we get into the Thursday night game, uh, Vic Vangio was speaking with the media the other day, and he kind of told the media what Urban Meyer said to him and once again why we don't really like Urban Meyer we like Trevor Lawrence and I'm not putting really a lot of the blame for the Jaguars non-success this season on Trevor Lawrence I'm really putting it a lot on Urban Meyer Uh, we looked at Trevor Lawrence Wednesday in our film study and we were kind of blown away we looked at the box stat and it was absolutely trash but when we watched that man and broke it down every single throw there wasn't anything really bad. <laughs> Everything looked real, real good, like solid work out there by the rookie quarterback. So Vic Fangio says uh, that Urban Meyer told him that, quote, every week in the NFL is like playing Alabama. 
Of course it is. Of course it is. College is so much worse overall than the NFL. And, you know, we all know, um, you know, that kind of old school. It's not even, an old, it's like an old school saying, like, uh, it's not even a saying. It's just something people say of, like, how bad teams in the NFL are. Um, you know, they'll be like, oh, Alabama could beat them. No, they couldn't. I, I do not care. Alabama, any Alabama team would not beat the worst NFL team. That is wild to say. These are grown men, folks. The NFL, yes, some teams may look bad, but literally every single team can beat any, every single team at any, sing, any single weekend, any given Sunday, folks. Have you ever heard of it? I mean, that's what Vic Fangio says you know, during this answer as well. He's like, any team can beat any team. I mean, that's how little separation. Yes, some teams may look really, really good, but the bad teams, the Texans, the, uh, the Lions, the Falcons, they're still NFL teams, folks, so... Urban Meyer saying, you know, every Sunday is like playing Alabama. Yeah, what were you expecting it to be? What were you expecting the NFL to be? What were you expecting the system to be like? So we know Urban Meyer is not a good coach in the NFL just quite yet. And, you know, he's only two games in. So that's uh, probably a reason. But, you know, him not knowing the rules and then signing Tim Tebow and then him saying, hey, oh, man. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of saying, hey, you know, coaching in the NFL is a little bit harder than maybe I thought because, man, oh, man, every week in the NFL is like playing Alabama, playing Alabama, man, oh, man, you've got good teams after good teams. There's not bad teams that we could take advantage of. There's not bad teams that we can kind of, you know, um, you know, hype up the young kids in the college program to go and beat. You can't use motivations like, man, we got uh, Eastern Western Kentucky tonight. We have to go out and face Eastern Western Kentucky. They got two to Directions in their name. They got two directions in their name, and they think they're going to come and beat us. They're going to come beat us, Ohio State, Eastern, Western Kentucky. Eastern, Western Kentucky. Y'all are going to lose to Eastern, Western Kentucky that have 500 kids enrolled in their school. That's who y'all are going to lose to. And then the kids are like, no, we're not going to. You think we're going to lose to Eastern, Western Kentucky? Come on. Come on. That's Eastern, Western Kentucky. We're Ohio State. Do y'all know Ohio State? Come on. It's like you can't do that in the NFL. Urban Meyer can't go into, you know, the meeting and be like, hey, we got the Lions this week. The Lions, come on, come on. We're going to lose against the Lions. You can't do that in the NFL. So Urban Meyer is still learning how to coach here, and I'm not liking it. I'm not loving it. I'm not buying it. We're not betting it. And uh, I think uh, Urban Meyer, I don't think he lasts. I don't think he lasts in this league, but we'll see. It's only two weeks, so we'll try to still give him the benefit of the doubt. But so far, up until this moment of the, uh, the entire offseason and two weeks into the season, it's not getting any better here by Urban Meyer. So we'll see if he can finally turn it around and you know see what he can do. But him saying every week in the NFL is like playing Alabama. It's just like, yeah, duh. What did you think? What did you think? I, I really want to know what Urban Meyer was thinking when he took the NFL job of the Jaguars. I mean, I, truly. Did he think it was going to be a cakewalk? Oh, my God, I got Trevor Lawrence. I, get, I, can, I can take Trevor Lawrence. I got a first-round pick. I got the first overall pick. I can take Trevor Lawrence. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to win a Super Bowl my first year. I really think that's what Urban Meyer was kind of thinking to himself. And you should have been you should have been checked into a mental hospital for thinking that. Jeez. So, Urban Meyer, he said he was going to be competitive this season, that this wasn't a rebuild. Hit their own, too. All right, we'll see. <laughs> Urban Meyer, not off to a good start so far.
Alrighty, so those are all the stories I just wanted to quickly touch on today before we jump into the game from last night. So let's talk about the game from last night, Thursday night football. Panthers at Texans and truly, truly unfortunate that, uh, you know, the Texans, Davis Mills just could not move the ball, really want to buy into this Texans team. I think they have, they have a solid squad, but they need Tyrod Taylor. They don't move the ball. We saw that all day last night. They put up nine points total. They missed an extra point. How do you miss an extra point? I mean, you, you should have came into the game thinking like, man, it's going to be rare that we score a touchdown. So you should have been buttoned up. 100% because you don't know when the next time you're going to be able to do kick an extra point. So real disappointing that they miss the extra point. It doesn't matter in, in anything. They lose. They don't cover the spread. They lose. It doesn't matter. That one point does not matter in this game. It's just a little unfortunate that they did it. Uh, but Davis Mills, I mean, let's just start with him. Davis Mills, 19 of 28 for 160 yard, 168 yards, one touchdown, no pick. Let's get the completion percentage up here. The official numbers. Couldn't move the ball the entire game. Truly lackluster. Man, oh, man. Truly unfortunate. They need Tyrod Taylor back as soon as possible. Uh, but, I mean, he threw a 67% completion percentage, which is good. But, you know, 168 yards and 19 completions. Dink and dunk. Not moving the ball down the field. I mean, look at these drives, folks. First drive, three and out. Second drive, five plays, 27 yards. But it stalls. They have to punt. Next drive, six plays. And this still baffles me. I still don't understand how they did this. They went six plays, moved the ball 11 yards, and took five minutes off the clock. <laughs> how, how did y'all even do that? Six plays, 11 yards, five Five minutes off the clock. Only Davis Mills could do that. I don't know how. Uh, but once again, punting and then three and out. And then finally they catch a break and go down and score a touchdown on a seven play, 64 yard drive. Uh, big, uh, we get a big play. Yeah, big play. Davis Mills deep to uh, Brandon Cooks for 30 yards, which really just kind of jump starts to drive. Nice little kind of drive before halftime, two-minute drive, and they go down and score points. And that was real great by the Texans, and we thought that would give them momentum going into the locker room. But then they come out, 10 plays, 25 yards. They have to punt. And then three and out on their second drive after halftime, and then a field goal, but they're already down 17-6 to at that point, making it 17-9. Game's basically over. Panthers go down and score another touchdown, making it 24-9. Game is definitely over at that time, but just, and that's what we're going to kind of focus in on here. There's really nothing to break down for this Texans team. I don't care about Davis Mills, and, you know, I, you know, he's a rookie, so, you know, we're not going to, you know, kind of knock them down too much here but you know we just saw what he did they're not moving the ball they're not going to be competitive offensively the entire season it's just we're going to wait till Tyrod Taylor gets back and we hope they put him in we hope this isn't a Justin Herbert situation where oh well he's done so we might as well just use the rookie now well we have this rookie so he's already out there no sense of kind of bringing him back and or you know kind of taking him out again once Tyrod Taylor gets back so we hopefully can see Tyrod Taylor again because we think this Texan team can put can be competitive and win games this season with Tyrod Taylor at the helm but nine points here by Davis Mills nothing good throughout the entire game 
dinking and dunking and just not getting it done. And there was multiple times the coach coaching him up on the sideline, and I loved it. I loved what I saw here from this Texan. That's what's so frustrating. I love everything I see from this Texan team besides Davis Mills. Damn it. Um, but, you know, on the sideline throughout the game, you know, the coach, you know, holding his head. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about Davis's Mills neck, how it's big and long. Okay. Uh, but, um, you know, on the sideline, the coach is kind of, you know, grabbing him and, you know, talking to him one-on-one. And I'm imagining it like him just saying, hey, go out and do it out there. Just go out and play your game. You know you can do this. We see you in practice. You're getting it done. Now just go out there and execute. This is your game. This is your team. Hey, one possession game. Hey, this is exactly where we want to be. This is exactly where we want to be. A chance to go out and tie the game or win the game right now. It's all on you. Go out there and do it. We know you can do it. We know you can do it. We know you can do it. Grabbing that neck. We know you can do it. Go out there and do it. So multiple times throughout the game, coaching him up, and he just never did it. And I was so upset about that because, you know, I see, you know, the coach getting him ready for the next drive, and I'm like, oh, Davis Mills about to, like, fire this ball throughout the entire field. And then three and out, and I'm like, all right, and then the next possession, the next possession, the coach talking him up again, and I'm like, oh, Davis Mills, he finally got it. They know what they're going to do. He's going to go out and do it. He's going to play loose. He's going to play free, and he's going to go sling it around. And it's like, all right, they settle for a field goal. They're down like 14 points. Okay, damn it. Like it once again, didn't happen. So unfortunate there by Davis Mills. We'll see if he learns anything. He's definitely going to be playing next week. We know Tyrod Taylor's out three or four games. At least he is on IR. Truly unfortunate. So Davis Mills is going to get a nice body, a bulk of work here, and we hope we see some growth. We have to start seeing him move the ball. That's the biggest thing that you need to do at the quarterback position. You just need to move the ball. If you're moving the ball and you're not putting up points, we can kind of, you know, give you a little bit of a free pass, and we'll kind of, you know, come back at you next week and hope that you put up a little bit more points and a little bit more points the next week and I you know keep following that but he wasn't even moving the ball folks he wasn't moving the ball 168 yards passing which is kind of funny because that's more than Jameis Winston put up in a game this entire season he's got two games under his belt kind of crazy uh, but you know it's resulting in the nine points non-competitive game Unfortunate. I guess it was a competitive game, and this is kind of what we are truly going to be focusing in, um, on. We've got some plays queued up, some drives queued up I want to watch uh, to truly see if we buy Sam Darnold or not. But, I mean, this Panthers team, folks, I mean, they left the door open, and that's what we say all the time. That's why we're not getting big on Sam Darnold just quite yet. It's like... Yeah, he's looking serviceable. He's looking like Baker Mayfield. I compare Sam Darnold to what Baker Mayfield is doing. When you have a good system around you with good talent and the coach is actively kind of scheming and play calling towards your strengths, that's all what the Panthers are doing. We saw the Panthers have decent success with Teddy Bridgewater last season. It's just that they didn't have Christian McCaffrey to help him out in the wins. So, Sam Darnold out here. Let's get his, let's uh, talk about Sammy D now. Uh, let's actually finish up the Texans real quick. Mark Ingram, six carries, 21 yards. Unfortunate. The running backs here by the Texans truly did not uh, do what they kind of needed to do. And I really wish they kind of ran the ball a little bit more heavy. But Mark Ingram, six carries, 21 yards. David Johnson, two carries, 11 yards. Uh, Philip Lindsay truly letting us down. Seven carries, five yards. I mean, what the hell is that? Not even a yard to carry, Philip Lindsay. I mean, we, we go to bat for you all the time, and you're going to do us like that? Damn. Uh, so the running game was non-existent by the Texans, and that definitely doesn't make it easy on the rookie, you know, quarterback so once again maybe we can give Davis Mills a little bit of a free pass but we got to start seeing some improvement all right now let's talk about Sam Darnold here <clears throat> once again this 
Panthers team is just not putting teams away, and we've seen that. This is their third game. We've seen it every single game against the Jets. You know, they were up kind of, you know, 14 nothing, and then they let them come back, and then they only beat the Jets 19-14. to It's like, and once again, we have to remember, I mean, these three teams that the Panthers are beating, are they are they good? Are they good? The Saints? Are the Saints good? We still don't even know if the Saints are good. And given last week, we don't know if they are actually good and if James Winston can kind of re-get up to that confident level where he can just sling the ball around and feel good about it because he's dinking and dunking, not putting up any yards and kind of afraid to throw interceptions, but he just threw interceptions. So we're going to see what James Winston is this week. But, I mean, they're not moving the ball. Like we just said, I mean, Davis Mills has more yards in a game than James Winston does this season. What the the heck is going on so Sam Darnold last night let's get the official numbers up <clears throat> here we go he goes 23 of 34 23 of 34 67 percent completion percentage which we absolutely love that's great 304 yards which is great not dinking and dunking no touchdowns though he do, does have two rushing touchdowns didn't throw a touchdown didn't throw an interception but he left the door open didn't really blow out any of these uh, any of these teams I mean these should be blowouts against the Jets that should have been a blowout against the Saints I guess it was a blowout it won 26 to 7 and that that is a blowout but you know the points and the execution it was like it was never blown out in the middle of the game at the early stages of the game it was was a blowout kind of at the end of the second half, you know, truly kind of closing out the door in the fourth quarter, but you let these teams hang around, and I'm telling you, if you let the Chiefs hang around, if you leave, if you let the um, Rams hang around, if you let the Ravens hang around, they will take advantage and win the game. The Panthers have faced the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. I mean, that's the easiest three-game schedule you can get right off the rip, so I'll give Sam Donald his credit. This is the best three-game stretch he's ever had in his entire career so I will give him credit for that the completion percentage is something that I love about Sam Darnold here this season because it's just been so atrocious the last couple of years with the Jets and that's granted because the Jets are trash but I don't know if we should be like overcorrecting, saying Sam Darnold's so good. I mean, the national media, I mean, folks, I mean, everybody is gushing over Sam Darnold. And I've got no problems gushing over Sam Darnold. I just think we have to rein it in a little bit until we get some good competition. When is the first good game where he's going to have a good matchup to go against here? I mean, they're really kind of getting bailed out by the defense. This Panthers defense, it may be the best defense in the league, folks. I mean, truly. They are holding teams to no points. They are not letting them move the ball. 14 points game one, 7 points game two, 9 points game three. That is absolutely fantastic, folks. We give the Panthers the credit here. And once again, just leaving the door open, folks. At halftime, this game was 7-6. Should this game have been 7-6 at halftime? Of course not. Now, they step it up in the second half, which is great. That is great. They got it done in the second half touchdown on their first drive field goal on their second drive touchdown on the third drive and they only really had three drives the entire uh, second half and they scored in all of them now that is good I'm I'll, I'll compliment I'll give Sam Darnold all the credit for that but what happened if the Texans came out and, you know, was matching that firepower? Once again, what if you had a high-caliber team that you're going against? Let's say this was Panthers at Chiefs and it was a 7-6 game at halftime. You're telling me that the Chiefs aren't going to be competitive come out of halftime just like the Panthers are? Come on, come on. So I just want to see what the Panthers do against their first good opponent next week. Who do they face? Are we going to get it next week? Texans have to go against the Bills in Buffalo. That's going to be the game. That's going to be the game where we truly decide is – oh, no, that's the Texans. Hang on. Uh, we got to look at the uh, – <laughs> the. Uh, 
The Panthers. Jeez, chose the wrong team here. All right, here we go. The Panthers next week. The Panthers have the Dallas Cowboys. Now, that we can say the same thing. That is going to be the true test in Dallas against that Dallas defense and against that great offense that Dak is leading there over with the Cowboys. So, that's going to be the game. That will be the game where I give Sam Darnold a lot of credit or I stand on my stance that I'm saying right now. That is going to come next week when they face the Cowboys. That's going to be the game. That is going to be the game, folks, where I will make my decision. I'm not making my decision here on Sam Darnold against the Jets, against the Saints and they were at home for those first two games, and then they finally have to go on the road, and it's against the Texans. I'm not going to make my case on Sam Darnold being good, being a good quarterback here just quite yet, folks. I'll wait till next week and uh, when we get a little bit more of a better opponent and should be a good game, and we'll see if the Panthers' defense is legit against that Cowboys' defense, and we'll see if Sam Darnold is legit against that Cowboys' defense. So they left the door open here, like I said, Potential comeback here for the Texans. Only being down one. Should have been tied, but they missed the extra point. And then, you know, once again, what we just saw from the Bills-Dolphins. Competitive in the first half. They left the door open. But because they go into halftime and the offense... The Dolphins offense, the Texans offense not moving the ball. That just gives all the momentum to the Panthers defense, to the Bills defense to go out and get it done. And then the defenses kind of flounder here. The Texans defense, the Dolphins defense, they flounder in the second half because they're like, it doesn't matter what we do. The offense can't move the ball. So they get a little bit kind of, you know, tired of not seeing the offense score, um, you know, getting takeaways. And putting them in good field position to take advantage. And the offense still doesn't take advantage. So the defense just loses morale. Uh, loses a, little, a lot of momentum. And then the other team can just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. Because they know they can just have their way with the opposing defenses. So that's kind of exactly what happened here. Leaving the door open. You can't leave the door open against good teams. Now let's see Sam Darnold leave this door open. Once again, in the stat column, very, very good stats right here. Everything is good. Uh, would have liked to see some passing touchdowns. But like we said, he had two rushing touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, nobody saw it coming. And once again, scheming, scheming. Why I call kind of Sam Darnold Baker Mayfield. Because Kevin Stefanski is truly, I mean, game planning and scheming and play calling to a T for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield had two incompletions last week, folks. I mean, the man is slinging the ball around confidently because Kevin Stefanski is calling the game for him. Matt Rule is kind of doing the same exact thing here. Not uh, Matt Rule. He doesn't call the plays. Um, who was it? Joe Brady, their offensive coordinator. He's doing the same thing here with Sam Darnold. This is a good Panthers team overall, and Sam Darnold just needs to be a game-managing quarterback, and that's exactly what they're doing here. They're scheming for Sam Darnold. So, I'm not talking Totally sold on Sam Darnold as the pure passer just quite yet, folks. So let's see him uh, leave this door open right here. We've got some uh, plays queued up I want to watch and go over. So the first one is going to be uh, on the first drive. They got up to a slow start. And once again, the Texans, once again, could have taken advantage if they if they fed off of this great first stop three and out here by the Panthers and this Texans went down and scored a touchdown how would have Sam Darnold reacted how would have the offense reacted we could have had a whole different game folks we have to start like a series of what if you know the new Disney plus series of the Marvel Universe hey what if uh, Captain America was a zombie hey what if uh, you know Iron Man was Spider-Man how, how crazy would that be wouldn't that be something what if what if what if the Texans 
took advantage of their defense going or forcing the Panthers going three now and going down and scoring a touchdown, putting Sam Darnold in a 7 nothing hole on Thursday Night Football on the road. Does he still respond? What if, folks? Unfortunately, we don't have Disney here to tell us, so we just don't know. But um, let's go to this first drive right here. Second and three, and we're going to have Sam Darnold throw two incompletions on the first drive. Second and three, incomplete. Third and three, incomplete. They punt the ball, potentially changing history, but uh, the Texans are still not able to move the ball because it's Davis Mills. Tyrod Taylor's out there. Tyrod Taylor takes advantage of that. He scores a touchdown, 100%. That's 100% certain. Disney, you can, you know, I'll create the first episode of NFL What If. What if Tyrod Taylor doesn't get hurt and, uh, you know, the Texans score the ball on the first drive here? What if that? I'll write that, and I can I can tell you the Texans win fifty nothing. Yeah, the Texans win fifty nothing. What if if uh, you know Tyrod Taylor doesn't get injured and uh, Sam Darnold goes three and out on the first drive? The Texans win fifty nothing. It's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple, folks. So here we go. First drive. We're gonna get back to back incompletions here by Sam Darnold. Let's see how he's looking here. Here we go. First play up, second and three. First drive of the game. Here we go. First pass went for seven yards. Second pass. Here we go. Dropping back to pass. Tries to go over the middle, and this is double covered. Throws it into double coverage, and these defenders here for the Texans make a great play on this ball to jar the ball loose and to allow the receiver not to catch the ball down the field. Uh, Sam Darnold trying to force that in there. Not a bad ball. I mean, this is a solid shot. Uh, trying to go to the tight end, uh, Dan Arnold. Let's see the accuracy on this ball. Is it right on the money? Right on the money, right in the hands is just good coverage there by the Texans defense. So uh, Sam Darnold trying to sling it in there, and I like the aggressiveness. So that's a pretty positive sign there by Sam Darnold. Just unfortunate, incomplete. And now here we go, third and three. Let's see how this pass is looking. Here we go. Third and three. Here we go. Drops back to pass. Tries to go to DJ Moore on the left sideline on a comeback route, and it is incomplete. I believe the Panthers wanted a flag on this one for pass interference. Eh, a little bit of pass interference on that one. Grabbed his shoulder, kind of dragged him down. So, all right, Sam Darnold looking still good here on the first drive. It's just unfortunate, you know, th there was no flag. Good defense there by the Texans there on that second play, second down play. So, all right, the Panthers weren't really leaving the door open there. They still, you know, left the door open, still went three and out. Just uh, Sam Darnold looked pretty solid there. All righty, that's good news on Sammy D. Now let's go to, uh, this is their touchdown drive. So is this impressive? Was Sam Darnold impressing us on his first touchdown drive, or was it just the playmakers doing their thing? We see that DJ Moore was absolutely killing it last night. DJ Moore, leading receiver here for the Panthers, eight catches for 126 yards. And then the second leading receiver was Terrace Marshall Jr., four catches for 48 yards. So we see the disparity. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold was truly targeting DJ Moore. And we know DJ Moore is an A1 tier. Tier 1 wide receiver in this league. Or I'll put Tier 1. I won't go A1 Tier 1 quite yet. Um, but I'll definitely say Tier 1 wide receiver in this league. And, uh, you know, Sam Darnold going to him multiple times in this game. So let's watch this touchdown drive and let's see if this was impressive here by Sam Darnold. Second drive of the game here for the Panthers. 0-0 starting at their own 12-yard line. Let's see how they score this ball. Here we go. They're only points of the first half as well. So let's see. Here we go. 
First and 10, Sam Darnold hands off the ball. Chris McCaffrey, and how about that? Truly unfortunate. He goes down hamstring injury. We'll see you know, how quickly he can get back. And unfortunate, back-to-back years with injuries. Christian McCaffrey, you know, we know he's a great workhorse in the running game, in the passing game, everywhere. Uh, he's one of the best dual-threat running backs maybe in NFL history. It's kind of crazy. But, I mean, that's what Christian McCaffrey is. And now maybe all that um, explosiveness and athleticism that he has to kind of provide every single game is catching up to him here. So we'll hopefully see Chris McCaffrey back as soon as possible. Uh, the first down run gets nine yards. They go to Chris McCaffrey again. They get the first down. No, it's third and one. All righty. And once again, what What if? What if the Panthers go three and out again? Does that jumpstart Davis Mills? Does that jumpstart the offense? So once again, potential here to potentially leave the door open to potential three and outs right here to start off the game. Tyrod Taylor, he doesn't take advantage, folks. All right, here we go. Third and one. Let's see how they pick it up. Sam Darnold motions and then just keeps it quarterback keeper. And once again, exactly like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield will quarterback sneak on third and one. Absolutely, they'll call that for the man. Baker Mayfield can get a little, you know, he's a little bit smaller than Sam Darnold, so he can kind of fit in there, uh, kind of sneak in there. Sam Darnold a little bit more beefier, so he can just pile through, plow through. But, I mean, that's what we're talking about. I, I'm really saying that Sam Donald is exactly like Baker Mayfield, which is not its not a knock and it's not like a big praise. It's a real solid, it's an above-average game manager. We have Ryan Tannehill in the above-average game manager. Uh, we have uh, Baker Mayfield in the above-average game manager quarterback category. I do like Ryan Tannehill over Baker Mayfield, but they're still in the same category. And I think uh, seeing what Sam Darnold has done over the last uh, three games here, we can put Sam Darnold in the above-average game manager category. Now, above-average game managing quarterbacks, they can't go out there and single-handedly win you the game. They need a couple of pieces around them. They need a good defense. They need a scheme. They need a, uh, they need a good uh, offense, a good scheme to be put in. And they need kind of play calling to be tailored to them. They just can't go out there and, you know, any system, any players, doesn't matter. Uh, that's what the A1 Tier 1 quarterbacks are, the uh, Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady, the Patrick Mahomes. They can all go out there and win the game given any circumstances. Uh, but Sam Darnold plows ahead for the first down. Here we go. After picking up the first down, we get first and 10. Play action pass here by Sam Darnold, and it's a setup screen to Christian McCaffrey, and it gets nothing. Gets about maybe one yard. So the Texans defense, so far so good, not allowing anything big, allowing some third downs or getting you to third downs, you know, getting off the field downs. So real solid is first. Uh, first couple of uh, plays here defensively for the Texans. Now we get second and nine. Sam Darnold escaping out of the pocket and then finds DJ Moore coming back to him. But once again, another incomplete pass here. And it's going to bring up third down. Let's see. And once again, this is Sam Darnold missing this throw down the field right here. Well, how do you miss it? I believe this is Dan Arnold, their tight end, streaking down the middle of the field. You're not even looking for this route. You should have known this route should have been open the way that the linebackers were playing. He's free down the seam right here. And Sam Darnold misses him and then ends up taking a pass here going to... DJ Moore coming back on the sideline, and it's unfortunately incomplete. DJ Moore, you got to catch that one. Usually he does. So once again, what if, what if, folks, what if Sam Darnold goes out on this down? What if, what, what happens if they don't pick up this third and nine, and then the Texans take over? Do they finally move the ball offensively? Once again, this was the only points here put up here by the Panthers in the first half. 
Here we go, 39. Let's see how they pick this up. Empty backfield here for Sam Darnold. Stepping up into the pocket. Escaping out of the right side and then finding DJ Moore open. And this is a great throw here by Sam Darnold. Absolutely on the money. Uh, bought time in the pocket. Kept his eyes down the field. All that great stuff. And then delivers a real great ball here to DJ Moore. Watch Sam Darnold escaping out of the pocket. But his eyes go right back down the field. And great job there to deliver the ball accurately to DJ Moore to catch it. And it goes for about 20 yards for the first down. DJ Moore working back for his quarterback. Once we, like we said, you know, great wide receiver in this league, and you know, Sam Darnold is definitely utilizing him. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater also utilized DJ Moore as well, so you know, keep that in mind. All right, but here we go. After the first down pickup, Sam Darnold back to the play action pass, going down wide open again. Terrace Marshall. Good for about 12. Picking up the first down. Now they're cooking. They have this Texans defense on their heels. They really could do whatever they want at will. After that kind of uh, 39 pickup to DJ Moore, this Texans defense just cannot stop anything for the rest of the drive. So here we go. In Texans territory at the 35-yard line, they run the ball here to Chuba Hubbard, who had a pretty solid game. Unfortunately, he couldn't pick up the fourth and one they had him in there on um, when they went on a big, long drive that went for it on fourth and one. Chuba Hubbard couldn't pick it up, unfortunately. I believe it's the next drive. They couldn't do that. Uh, but here we go. Second and seven. Sam Darnold slinging over the middle. And once again, DJ Moore just wide open over the middle of the field, getting them down inside the 10-yard line at the five. Just once again, this big, empty spot. Over the middle of the field here where Dan Arnold was wide open. That Sam Darnold didn't see. He comes back down the middle right here. Wide open, DJ Moore. Now they're at the six-yard line. Let's see how they capitalize in the end zone right here. And here we go. First and goal from the six-yard line. Sam Darnold, quarterback keeper. Bingo, bango, wide open for the touchdown, six yards. And once again, that's what Baker Mayfield can do as well. So Sam Darnold is to a T, Baker Mayfield. That's our official, official take, folks. Uh, I don't see it changing. I, I got to see what this Panthers team can do next week against the Cowboys. But if they even flounder a little bit or don't look as good or as dominant, uh, Sam Darnold is 100% Baker Mayfield and nothing truly to get kind of, you know, we can get excited about it. I'm not going to say don't get excited about Sam Darnold being good and all that, but, you know, he will be kind of capped at, you know, above average game manager. That's what it would be. Not good. Not Nothing special. Nothing bad. Not, it's not a knock. It's just what it is. Uh, so that was their touchdown drive. Solid there by Sam Darnold. Everything was really kind of wide open, though. He did put the ball right on the money and all the throws, though, so I will give him credit for that. All right. So that was the touchdown drive. And then, unfortunately, they were driving again, but uh, they were a little aggressive here, and I love the aggressiveness. I've got no problem going for it on fourth and one from the Houston Five. So, once again, they were able to move the ball. Uh, so, that was great by Sam Darnold here. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, Chuba Hubbard could not pick up that one yard, and they, you know, turned the ball over on downs. And then, just for the rest of the first half, they weren't able to move the ball. The next Panthers drive, after not picking up the fourth and one, three and out. The next drive, three and out again. And I believe we have those uh, plays queued up as well. So, here we go. Let's watch these two three-and-out drives just to kind of really hammer in the point that this Panthers team is not closing the door, and this is the third straight week where we have not seen them close the door on their opponent. They let the Jets come back, score 14 points. 
potentially to maybe do something there at the end of the game. And then against the Saints, what was the score at halftime? It was uh, it was 17 nothing at halftime, but then just letting the Saints hang around. And if Jameis Winston, you know, could have moved the ball at some point, uh, maybe making it 17 to seven, and then 17 to 10, one possession game, and then we'll see what Sam Darnold does then. But just leaving the door open, folks. So here we go, Sam Darnold. Three and out drive. Let's see what happens here. Here we go. Five minutes left in the second quarter. Down or up still only 7-0. Play action pass here by Sam Darnold. Ball hit. Fumbled the ball as he was throwing. And luckily they get right back on it. And we've seen this again here on their uh, very last drive here. When they were just should have just ran out the clock. There was like 25 seconds left and they were being a little aggressive. We get a sack here with 19 seconds left and he fumbles the ball at their own 35-yard line. So once again, what if, what if, folks, what if Sam Darnold lost this fumble right here? The Texans recover. What are they at their own 25-yard line? The Texans would have been at the Panthers' 25-yard line. You're telling me Davis Mills couldn't drive 25 yards? I may believe that. <laughs> I may believe that, but that's not what is happening. Or we didn't get to see it, so unfortunate. What if, Disney? Come on. We got to get your writers over here. But Sam Darnold fumbles the ball, unfortunately. All right. Now we get second and 15. Second and 15. Here we go. Second and 15. Sam Darnold throw over the middle and... Boom, it's just a big hit there by the Texans defenders. That's an incomplete ball. Trying to hit Dan Arnold over the middle, and it's a good read. It's a good try to fit it in there. It seemed to be a little not accurate, a little bit more outside. If you throw this inside where there's a little bit more space, probably complete. You don't. You also you know avoid the other uh, defender coming in for the big hit to jar it loose. Let's see if we get a nice replay on this one because it did seem not 100% accurate. And once again, it's Baker Mayfield. Good overall accuracy. See, but in some key moments, not stepping up the biggest. So here we go, third and 15. Now let's see what Sam Darnold does with this football on third and 15. Brings in Chuba Hubbard into the backfield. Four wide, here we go. Sam Darnold getting pressure, and it's just a setup screen. This isn't anything on Sam Darnold. All righty. Uh, so they go three and out, leaving the door open. And now here we go again. Two minutes left. Two minutes, eight seconds left. Still only up 7 nothing, and they start at their own 26-yard line. Here we go. This is a three and out. Here we go. Sam Darnold on first down. Taking the check down there, and it's just dropped. I mean, Robbie Anderson, you got to catch that ball. What the hell are you doing? You're too good to be dropping that wide open ball. So that's on Sam, uh, not on Sam Darnold right there. Uh, but here we go. Second and 10 now. Sam Darnold, a check down there to the running back. Chuba Hubbard. No, that's not Chuba Hubbard. Who's that? Who's 32? Either way, it's a check down, and now it brings up third and two. Let's see how they get this done, or try to at least. Here we go. Sam Darnold, empty backfield. Oh, my God, that pressure got there big time quick. God damn. The Texans brought the pressure, and it got there quick. I mean, let's count the seconds. Here we go. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Yeah, that's not. it's like two seconds right there. No time to throw. Let's see if there was anything quickly open where Sam Darnold maybe felt the pressure and could sling it out quickly. Here we go. By the time he was throwing, I mean, you would have to throw it right here, and it would have to be 100% accurate to uh, DJ Moore right here. He's got some nice kind of uh, positioning here. You throw it inside, uh, he's able to box out the defender. But uh, I'm not going to knock Sam Darnold for not getting this throw off. Absolutely not. 
So pressure gets there quick, but once again, leaving the door open. And then, like we said, the fumble with 16 seconds left in the first half. I mean, you weren't do you weren't going to do anything, but uh, you know, Matt Rule leaves his offense out there to try to take a shot with 25 seconds left. I mean, they're at what their own 25 yard line. I mean, you're going to move the ball in 25 seconds like that? I don't think with Sam Darnold, not with Sam Darnold, with Patrick Mahomes, 25 seconds is way too long. With Sam Darnold, that's not long enough. So. Once again, it's just what if, folks. I'm not knocking Sam Donald 100%. He's been real solid game manager, and I don't knock game managers. Me calling a quarterback a game-managing quarterback, that's not a knock, folks. Not everybody can be the greatest of all time. Do you all know that? There's only one of that. So, And it's not going to be, you know... But it's not going to be Sam Darnold. I can firmly say the greatest of all time at quarterback position will not be Sam Darnold. It will also not be Baker Mayfield. It will also not be Ryan Tannehill, who we collectively say are all above average game managing quarterbacks in this league. That's really kind of a compliment. I mean, just my quarterback tier and how I judge and, you know, how I talk about quarterbacks. We have the A1 tier one quarterbacks. Those are, you know, the Brady's, the uh, Mahomes already. Crazy to say. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And then we have the Tier 1, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Matthew Stafford. Who else we got? Matthew Stafford, Lamar Jackson I'll put in Tier 1, Kyler Murray I'll put in Tier 1 that can single-handedly like win you the games. And then above-average game manager quarterback. So we have A1 Tier 1, Tier 1s, and then game managers, and then Tier 2s. I mean, so that's still pretty solid. Um, so it's not a knock, folks. Don't come at me being, oh, you're just a Sam Darnold hater. I'm not, I'm not, I don't hate anybody, folks. I mean, uh, I don't hate anybody. I don't actively hate on anybody. I want to see the best of the best go at it at every single play, at every single down, at every single game. I don't want to see trash. I want to see greatness. That's why we're so a little harshly. That's why maybe we talk a little harshly on some players over others because we want to see the greatness out of them. And they just don't give it to us all the time. So Sam Darnold. We will have our firm verdict on this man come next week when they have to face the Cowboys. That's going to be the test that we truly gauge Sam Darnold. But overall, he's taking advantage and he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing here for the first three easy games of the season. He's doing what he exactly what he can do, exactly what he's supposed to do. So I'm not knocking him because of that. I want to see what he can do against actually good teams out here. And we will see that next week. So overall, just Sam Darnold left the door open. They just left the door open. That's it. And we've seen it time and time again. Good teams will take that opportunity and walk through that open door that you left for them. Uh, so let's finish off this Panthers uh, team. Chuba Hubbard, 11 carries for 52 yards. Once again, real solid performance out there by the rookie. Uh, so Christian McCaffrey may be potentially missing some time. We'll see if Chuba Hubbard can step in and kind of give that level of production needed. Uh, DJ Moore, like we said, uh, leading wide receiver, eight receptions, 126 yards. Terrace Marshall, four receptions, 48 yards. Chuba Hubbard, three receptions, 27 yards. Christian McCaffrey, only two receptions, uh, nine yards. So not getting that dual threat out of Christian McCaffrey. Um, also, nobody really lost the, uh, no turnovers here in this game, which is kind of crazy. It kind of seemed like the first half like blew by. I was watching it last night. I was like, damn, this kind of wrapped up quickly here in the first half. Uh, so that's Thursday Night Football. Panthers at Texans. We can't buy the Texans with Davis Mills, and we'll see if we can buy Sam Darnold 100% come next week. 
Um, all right, and then let's quickly close out here, here, here. We've got uh, some things to talk about quickly. Uh, the first one, uh, let's actually talk about this one because we can talk about this one quickly. Here we go. J.C. Horn, the uh, cornerback here, rookie for the Panthers, unfortunately broke some bones in his foot. So he's going to be out for a couple months here. He's going to have surgery to repair it. They're talking about potentially two to three months. So expect him, you know, late, late, late in the season. Truly unfortunate by J.C. Horn. And we have the play here where he does get injured. You can definitely see the non-contact injury just kind of, you know, falling back into the zone coverage and he breaks bones in his foot. I mean, it's just unfortunate. We know the NFL is a cruel sport sometimes. Rookies getting injured, you know, veterans on their last leg getting injured. How unfortunate. It's just unfortunate, folks. It's the name of the game. And J.C. Horn just goes down. We hope he makes a speedy recovery, as speedy as he can. But, man, oh, man, promising cornerback out here goes down with a broken foot last night. And then we get to hear from Davis Mills, and I don't know if this is the quote that's say, but he said it. Davis Mills on his first start with Houston says, quote, It's never as bad as you think it was, and it's never as good as you think it was. No, it was as bad as you thought it was. You didn't move the ball. I mean, that's as bad as it gets. I mean, I don't care if you were moving the ball. Well, I would have cared, but for a different reason. If you were moving the ball and then throwing picks in the red zone, at least you were moving the ball and showing that you can kind of, you know, compete as a quarterback and, you know, test some coverages and trust your guys and trust your own talents throwing the ball, but you weren't even moving the ball between the 20s, so yeah, it was kind of as bad as you would think it was, yeah, it was bad, it was bad, it was bad, it wasn't good, it was bad, you put up nine points at home, they left the door open for you, you never walked through that door, and it wasn't, it wasn't good, it was not good, it was bad, so let's see what Davis Mills was saying, here we go. Davis Mills, like all the rookie quarterbacks in 2021, struggled for stretches of his debut, but displayed toughness while getting battered and flashed a few moments of promise in Houston Texans' 24-9 loss to the Carolina Panthers. He had one good play where he threw to Brandon Cooks wide open for like 30 yards. <laughs> that was the best play. It was wide open. Um, I, I guess I will give him toughness. How many times did he get sacked in this game? This Panthers defense had... One, two, three, four, four sacks against Davis Mills. So I will give him. He was tough out there. I'll give him that. That was the best thing about Davis Mills, his toughness. But he says, quote, I always think back on that quote. It's never as bad as you think it was, and it's never as good as you think it was. There's obviously a couple of plays I would like back, but I'm going to come in tomorrow and watch the film and see what we can improve upon but also see what we did well to move forward. The classic, that's what you do in film study. What did they do good? What did you do bad? Uh, so it was bad. It was bad. I'm calling it a bad performance. I'll, I'll grade it an F. It was an F performance. He didn't move the ball. I don't know what you want from me. Uh, another quote here by uh, David Cauley. He says, quote, when we went into our two-minute offense right before half, he did an excellent job of taking us down the field and making some nice throws and nice plays. I thought he did a nice job for us. So, yes, the two-minute drive. A two-minute drive, hurry-up offense. He should have ran up-tempo a little bit more uh, if that's the only thing that he could do the entire half. But they didn't make that adjustment. All right, Davis Mills says, there's a couple of uh, quick things that I can think of that I would – like to improve on initially but I mean going back we'll see a lot from the film and also see the good in it and that we can keep moving forward with so he's focusing on the good he's trying to all right and then Brandon Cook says this quote he handled himself well talking about Davis Mills just like us all we just have to continue to just get on the same page and get that chemistry going between all of us but at the end of the day very proud of how he came out He's proud that he put up nine points I mean folks what are they going to talk about you're not going to trash your own teammates of course you're going to say they come out good but overall Davis Mills could not move the ball it was a bad performance 
So that was Thursday Night Football, Texans, Panthers. You know, these early Thursday Night Football games, folks. Not the best, not the best. They have been decent the last two weeks. So this game, really not competitive. It was 7-6 at halftime, so I'll give them that. But we knew Davis Mills wasn't doing anything all game. Alrighty, now let's start making some official picks here, folks. Woo! Today is Friday, and that means official picks are to be said. We predicted and reacted to the lines last night, did real solid in our overall thought process, was really kind of on par overall with Vegas. We didn't find too many disrespectful values. Was there really any disrespectful values? Um, not really. So Vegas is kind of learning from their kind of early two weeks mistakes of truly undervaluing a lot of teams. So I'll give them credit. I mean, even, I mean, the highest line of the of the week is Ravens Lions, and it's at eight. And this Cardinals Jaguars just moved to eight as well. So no twelve and a half point, no thirteen point spreads out here. No disrespectful. Oh no, the highest is uh, Broncos Jets. Broncos minus ten and a half, and we kind of like that. So. Here we go. All right, week one, we did good. We hit four, one, and one. We make six picks officially. Four, one, and one. Four hits, one loss, and then one push. Last week, we didn't do so hot. We didn't do so hot last week. Uh, last week, we went uh, officially two and four. Really not good. We missed the Cardinals minus four. They win by one. Dolphins plus three. Nowhere even near there. Rams minus three and a half. The half a point hook. They win by three. Unfortunate. Uh, and then the Saints minus three and a half. Once again, they couldn't even move the ball. So uh, we were right kind of on par thinking with two of them and then not even in the realm of thinking on the other two. And then we ended up hitting the Texans plus 12 and a half and the Cowboys plus three and a half. So, this week, uh, you know, if you follow the show, you know that we do three picks in our locks category, three picks in our 99% guarantee category, um, but this week, to make up for the lackluster performance, to say this, put it nicely, to make up for the lackluster performance, we're going to go six locks, baby. We're feeling so gosh dang good. We doubled down. We hunkered down. These numbers were running through our head the entire day yesterday. And we made these picks because we know they're all going to hit, folks. And we, you know, we had one good week, one bad week. This is a tiebreaker week. Do we know what we're talking about? Do we know what we're talking about over here? Thanks, my fans. Of course we do. There's never a doubt. There's never a question. So six locks coming at y'all. Are y'all ready? Y'all ready to win some money this week? Because we're going six and six and zero. Oh. We're gonna hit all these picks, baby. So here we go. Let's start picking some games. Our first pick of the week, a lock of the week. These are all locks, folks. Here we go. First game up that we're picking is the Ravens minus eight, folks. We got to take this Ravens team. No, no. They just caught, came off of a big primetime game where they ended up winning. They can't go and lose to the Lions now. Come on. I mean, everybody would instantly write off the Ravens. If the Ravens are the Lions' first and only win of the season, ooh, I would not want to be Lamar Jackson because I can only imagine the narratives that they're going to be pushing in the national media. The Lions, y'all know how many points the Lions have gave have gave up over the first two games? Go ahead, take a guess. You got your guessing? The Lions over two games, two games. There's only been two games, folks. They have given up seventy six points, seventy six points in two games. And you're telling me that this Ravens team, this Ravens offense that nobody could stop, the Chiefs could even stop them? Uh, Lamar Jackson was the only man that could stop them because he threw two interceptions and still won the game? 
You're telling me this Lions team is going to be able to stop this Ravens offense? No way. They couldn't stop any other offenses. This is the week. This is the week against the Ravens. I'm not buying it. The Lions, I'll give them credit for being competitive and trying to hang in some of these games here. I'll give them that. But at the end of the day, when Lamar Jackson is just running all over this defense and they get exhausted, they're going to fold at some point, whether it's at halftime, the third quarter, early fourth quarter, whatever time it is, they're going to fold at some point in this game, and the Ravens win uh, probably very, very handily. We'll swallow, the eight. we'll swallow the eight here. We've got no faith in this Lions team just quite yet. We like their competitive spirit, but at some point you got to start winning games for us to truly buy you and bet on you and all that. So I'll give Dan, Dan Campbell a little bit of credit here, but we're talking about John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. Uh, Le'Veon Bell could potentially be making his debut as well. Let's see. Do we have any information on our man Le'Veon Bell? I mean, that's how I feel about this game. I don't even need Le'Veon Bell here for this Ravens team. I really don't even need him. Um, so we'll see if he goes. Let's see. We get any news on this man? Le'Veon Bell, week three. He's going to be playing? Let's quickly take a look. Le'Veon Bell, week three? Question mark. <laughs> um, Le'Veon Bell, week three. What's going up? What's going on? Ravens. Protect four practice squad players ahead of week three. Is that Le'Veon Bell? All right, here we go. Let's see what they say here. Uh, the Ravens are gearing up to take out the Lions. Baltimore takes Detroit. Seriously, okay. Um, Ravens also terminated the practice squad contract of punter Johnny Townsend. Uh, their four practice squad protections were quarterback Trace McSorley, Le'Veon Bell. All right, so Le'Veon Bell is not going to be playing this week. All right, but it doesn't matter. We don't need them to do it. They, they were just fine last week without them. So uh, they're kind of an insurance policy, and it seems like they're using them as that. So, yeah, uh, Ravens minus eight. We'll swallow all those points. Uh, we'll see if the Lions can make a little bit of headway here in the competitive uh, edge of the game. But Ravens, surefire bet right here. Minus eight. We'll take it. Alrighty, next game up here in our lock section. All locks today. Ooh, we even got some good value here. Ooh, we got a. Ooh, is betting. Oh my God. All right. Well, now I got a problem with y'all because y'all drove this line down and it should not. It should be keeping increasing. We should be getting worse value here. Um, but I guess I'll thank y'all for taking this and making it more of a favorable, favorable bet for us. Uh, but Colts Titans. We're taking the Titans minus five. You're telling me that Jacob Eason and Brent Huntley can do something with this Colts offense? Of course not. Of course not. Carson Wentz is probably not going to play. And even if he does, those ankles aren't going to hold up. We know this man's injury history. You better sit this man out 10 weeks to rest those uh, twisted ankles, those ankle sprains that he's got. Carson Wentz is still listed as questionable, and I'm saying he doesn't play. And I'm not believing in Jacob Eason. The man is garbage. I'm sorry. Brent Hundley, um, he's not good, and we haven't seen him for four years, so he's going to probably be a little dusty. And then we've got them on the road on top of all that, going against division opponent, the Tennessee Titans, that just won and came back from big, big behind in Seattle. And we all know about Seattle, the 12th man. You can't even win there. The Titans came back there. Derrick Henry led the charge there. 
This Colts team, I like the team overall, but you need a quarterback here. They're not going to be able to move the ball down the field. The Titans will eat up the running game because that's all you have to cover, and Derrick Henry is going to make uh, make it a long day for this defense, probably rushing for about a light 200, a lot, some light 200, no big deal. So Titans here, they blow out the Colts here. I only have to swallow five. I was coming into this segment thinking that they would have to swallow five and a half points, but y'all are taking the points here for the Colts for some reason. Where are y'all seeing? Y'all y'all are Jacob Eason believers? Is that what I'm hearing? Brent Hundley believers? Because it sounds like they're going to use both of them. Y'all believing in that? I'll let y'all take those points. We don't, we're not doing that over here, though. Titans minus five. Mm, surefire bet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All righty. Next pick in our locks section. They're all locks here. Six locks coming at you. And we're putting our money where our mouth is, folks. We've got the Rams as the number one team in the league. A lot of people, some have the Chiefs, some have the Bucks. We like the Rams here. We like the Rams. And the Rams are facing the Bucks here. And we're going to put our money where our mouth is. We're taking Rams plus one and a half points here. Rams at home, a big thing. These are two great teams. These are the two top three teams in the league, folks. According to our power rankings, we have Rams one, and then we have Bucks three. So these are two of the most elite teams here in this league. It's going to be a great game. We can talk about both offenses. They both got great offenses. We can talk about their defenses. They both got great defenses. We can talk about their coaches. They both got great coaches. These teams are great. Folks, they all are great offense, defense, skills, quarterbacks, wide receivers, linemen, running backs, defensive edge rushers, linebackers, safeties, corners, linebackers, all of that, coaches. I mean, sheesh, we got Sean McVay versus Bruce Arians. I mean, folks, these are good coaches here. So, two, two great teams, but Rams at home, they're getting a point and a half here. We'll take that point and a half. We don't think they'll need it, but we think they win straight out. But Rams at home here, they take advantage. Tom Brady's been throwing picks here. He's been throwing picks here early this season. This Rams defense will make them pay. And the genius play calling, um, we've seen it here over the last two weeks. These Rams, whenever the opponent scores, they score right back. They are like, oh, we actually need a score right here. Well, they all get on their bullshit and go down and score the ball. 90-yard drive, 80-yard drive, 70-yard drive. It doesn't matter. Whenever y'all score, they'll be right there putting up points and answering the call. That's what's so impressive about this Rams team. They score every single time they need to score. I don't know another team that, that scores every single time they need to score the ball here. So if Tom Brady... Gets a little kind of, you know, a little lackluster a little bit. A little antsy, throwing the ball. You got Jalen Ramsey, and then you got Aaron Donald pressuring up front. And uh, we love what this Rams team have been doing. They just had a nice, tough opponent last week, and they come out with the win. Now they're at home against another tough opponent. We think they live up to the occasion. This Bucks team, they faced the Cowboys week one. Good game, good close game, good close game once again. You can get close with this uh, Bucks team. It's not like they're blowing out everybody against good teams. They get close, and this Rams team is better than the Cowboys, so that's interesting. Last week, the Bucks blew out the uh, uh, Falcons. That's nothing impressive to us. It's the Falcons. They're absolutely trash. It doesn't matter. Um, so this Rams team, a nice, nice, tough opponent week two. They handle it very well on the road. Now they're at home. They take care of business. I think Tom Brady throws a pick or two, and that's really the main difference here. The Rams play a clean game. They score when they need to. They'll answer everything Tom Brady does, and they win this game. We're taking the Rams plus one and a half. 
putting our money where our mouth is. Like we say, we don't say things for no reason, folks. We're not one of these people that say things to get a rise out of y'all. We don't troll. We don't say anything we don't mean. We're not like, I mean, do y'all watch like, the broadcast of like the Thursday night game and the Monday night game and they had the panel and they're like, oh, well, I'm taking the Panthers just like last night. Uh, you know, they all took the Panthers, but like when they get to that last guy and they're like, well, I'm going to take uh, the Texans because y'all took the Panthers. It's like, what is that? Who? That's so lame to do. We don't do that around here. We tell y'all what we say, what we feel. We do not tell y'all anything that we do not do ourselves, folks. So we're putting our money where our mouth is. We say the Rams are the best team in the league. We're taking them plus a half and a, a point and a half. We're taking the Rams here, straight up plus a point and a half. Really doesn't matter, but you know we're getting a little we're getting a little extra extra spice here. We'll take the extra spice. Give us a point and a half. Rams plus a point and a half. Alrighty, our fourth pick in our lock section here. We're gonna go the New England Patriots minus three. Yes, you've heard it, folks. I don't know if I can buy this Jameis Winston team led offense. I like Jameis Winston. But, I mean, the lackluster yards, the man has like 200 yards over two games. It's like, what are we doing? They're not moving the ball. They have to go into New England. And, uh, you know, Bill Belichick is not going to make it easy on Jameis Winston. We just saw what he did to, to Zach Wilson. Obviously, Jameis Winston is 100%, 100% better than Zach Wilson. Uh, but uh, the point still remains that Bill Belichick will make it tough for the quarterbacks and for the Saints offense to do what they want to do. So they either take out Alvin Kamara, which is probably it. They won't let you utilize him. And, you know, kind of they weren't even really utilizing Alvin Kamara to the greatest extent that we've seen Drew Brees utilize him. So a little bit of another knock on Jameis Winston. He's dinking and dunking all over the field. We saw the five touchdown game, but it was like 440 yards passing. It's like something's not adding up here. And then they just could not move the ball at all last week against the Panthers. So now they have to go into New England. Uh, Mac Jones is playing perfect game-managing football. Not above average game manager, just game-managing football out here. Doing what he needs to do. Taking advantage of the interceptions that the defense causes. We saw, you know, Zach Wilson throw back-to-back -back picks right there um, last week. And, you know, they take advantage and score, I believe, 10 points off of those turnovers. So, just doing what he needs to do. This Patriots defense makes it a tough day for the Saints offense. And Jameis Winston, they cover the three here. I don't see Jameis Winston moving the ball here in Foxborough. Mac Jones getting better every single week. Not doing too much. He's got one passing touchdown, and I'm fine with that. That's it. I don't need Mac Jones to light it up and throw 50 touchdowns this season no interception so far not turning the ball over and uh, they probably would have beaten the Dolphins week one if uh, their running back James White doesn't fumble the ball so this is a potential 2-0 Patriots team that faces quarterbacks decent talent quarterbacks week one against Tua they did decent against them still lost last week shut out Zach Wilson basically and now he's got Jameis Winston here we'll see what he can do and uh, Patriots at home I absolutely love it so we're taking the Patriots minus three can't believe in this uh, Saints offense we'll see if the Saints defense can make it a close game but I don't see Mac Jones making mistakes here so Patriots here minus three absolutely love it Alrighty, our next pick in our, our fifth pick in our locks category, we're going Giants minus three. Giants 0-2, Falcons 0-2, both backs are against the wall here, but the Giants are at home, and we can trust Daniel Jones. We can trust Daniel Jones to move the ball a little bit. Matt Ryan does not move the ball, and when he does move the ball, he doesn't finish in the red zone. So Falcons on the road again. They're so abysmal offensively, defensively. They're so trash. Matt Ryan, we are 100% sold on. We'll never get back on Matt Ryan. 
Uh, this Giants team getting out to a slow start. Hopefully week three is when they truly find their footing. They're at home here. A Sunday game, 1 o'clock. This is it. This is their best shot to win a game right here. Get out to a hot start. We think they take advantage of the lackluster offense and defense that the Falcons have in the Giants with Daniel Jones gets out to a hot start. Saquon Barkley at home at MetLife Stadium in front of all the roaring fans. Lives up to the electricity in that stadium and goes wild here. Giants home finally here. We'll swallow the three here because Atlanta, we have no faith and believability in and really y'all should not either. So once again, putting our money where our mouth is, we absolutely hate this Falcons team, hate everything about it except Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. But, you know, unfortunately, you have to have a quarterback delivering you the ball and, uh, Matt Ryan's not the Matt. So Giants minus three at home. The offense is finally here. And finally, next week, we can start buying up this Giants team a little bit. We've been waiting, waiting two weeks to buy into this team. We've been waiting, you know, buying them up the entire offseason. And then when training camp came, from training camp to week two, it's just been selling the Giants. And we want to get back on this Giants train. They get back on track here, finally winning their first game of the season against Atlanta. We'll swallow the three. And then our last pick here, our sixth lock here. Our last pick that will absolutely hit. We are going Broncos minus 10.5. All righty. Broncos first home game. And, you know, when we talk about Broncos home game early in the season, we have to talk about the mile high air, especially with rookie Zach Wilson, who doesn't know nothing about it. He's anxious. We just read the article. He's anxious to kind of, you know, prove that, you know, he can throw not four interceptions in a game like he did last week. He's anxious to put that game behind him. He's anxious coming off of a loss, coming off of a real bad performance, coming into the mile-high city. It's not going to look pretty for Zach Wilson, especially since the Broncos have a good defense. And finally, Teddy Bridgewater can let it sling in front of his home fans. And it's just overall not going to be a good day for Zach Wilson. He's going to try to do too much here in the high altitude, sucking wind, not throwing the ball well, and this Broncos defense is ready to take advantage. Let's quickly take a look. Is Jerry Judy good to go? I don't think he's good to go. I think, uh, you know, Jerry Judy is going to be out this week as well. And once again, that doesn't hinder our decision at all because we know they're deep at that position and we know that uh, Teddy Bridgewater can still spread the ball around last year in Carolina. Three 1,000-yard receivers. He doesn't focus on one wide receiver, the best wide receiver that you have in your team. It doesn't matter. He will hit number one, two, three, four, five, six, and then number one, two, three tight ends that you have. And then number one, two, three running backs out of the backfield. He will spread the the ball around no problem uh, but Jerry Judy he is on IR so they did officially put him on IR he's going to be missing three to four games minimum and uh, game one was last week game two is this week so still out a couple more weeks but it doesn't matter they still have Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and then they have Noah Fant at the tight end and then you have you know Melvin Gordon and uh, who was the running back that just really emerged onto the scene the running back from last week let me quick, uh, quickly get that up. I don't want to leave that man out. He truly uh, truly was looking good. Um, so here we go. Against the Jaguars last week, the Broncos with uh, Javante Williams, the rookie. Um, 64 yards last week, um, rushing the ball real solid, running back by committee here for the Broncos. The Jets' offense will not be able to kind of you know hang around. We saw Corey Davis get absolutely locked down, and when Corey Davis gets locked down, Ooh, that's it. Now, what a good potential silver lining here is for the Jets. Let's quickly see 
Is Jamison Crowder able to go? Their number two wide receiver didn't go last week, unfortunately, and they truly missed him. Let's see if Jamison Crowder is out. Uh, he is questionable. So we'll see. You know, without Jamison Crowder, you're not having your full complement. You have to target Corey Davis a little bit more. And we saw him get absolutely locked down last week. So we're swallowing the 10.5 here, the biggest spread of the night. We are going to swallow 10.5 points here. Broncos at home, and uh, Zach Wilson flounders under the mile high altitude. All right, so those are our uh, picks this week, folks. Six locks. Ravens minus eight. Titans minus five. Rams plus a point and a half. Patriots minus three. Giants minus three. Broncos minus ten and a half. And the odds are absolutely great, folks. Plus 4,000 odds. So you put 100 bucks on this, you're winning four grand, folks. $4,800. Sheesh. Sheesh, that's some great, um, that's great, folks. I think we are going to be five grand richer come Monday, and uh, it's going to feel gosh dang good. Maybe a little bougie, you may see a little bit of a gleam and a little bit of an upgrade in the studio come Monday with our $5,000. What can we do? You know how many canvases we can get for $5,000, folks? Man. Not that many because these were each a grand a piece to make, but, you know, we don't flaunt our cash around here, right? <laughs> so... Six locks. We're feeling good. If you're feeling good, rock this train with us, folks. We're ready to kind of prove that, you know, show y'all, hey, last week was a fluke. We're coming out with six great ones here. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, Saturday, seeing what's going on around the league. Do we have to tweak any of our narratives going into this weekend? What's going to happen? What are the stories that emerge overnight? Anything? We'll see what happens. We'll see you back tomorrow, live, noon Eastern, for our Saturday show. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, folks. Go make some money off those picks.